It's time for Michigan's newest sports talk show, Mitt Madness. Michigan Sports Talk from here in Battle Creek. The latest stories, the biggest games, all across the Mitten State. That's not something to play Streaming live and on demand on the 95.3 WBCK app. Here are your hosts, Jacob Harrison and Dejon Hughes. Hello there. Good morning. It is the day before Super Bowl 58, so we're going to spend some time talking about the matchup between the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. We've also got some stuff going on with the uh, Detroit Pistons, who uh, did something unprecedented for themselves this year, the Red Wings, and so much more here on the show. I'm Jacob Harrison, the brand manager of 95.3 WBCK. That's Dejon Hughes, the brand manager of the block, 102.5 and 104.9 there in Battle Creek. DJ, let's get this started how we usually do. How's it going, man? Uh, I'm okay, man. Like, at this point, things are kind of it out for me. <laughs> I don't care who wins this Super Bowl. I really wish they could both lose. Right. And um, I'm just getting ready for lacrosse season. Like my my team starts in about a month. So just wrapping everything up to, to get back on the sidelines coaching again. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm kind of in that same boat with you. Um, I don't hate greatness, so I don't mind if the Chiefs win. I don't want the 49ers to, to tie with the, the Steelers. It would be kind of funny uh, for, for you know anybody that, that gets a visual of me. I would find it very funny if three teams in the NFL had six Super Bowl championships. Uh, but, and I don't think everybody else is going to think that's funny, but I don't care. Either way, um, we'll see how that one goes. We've got plenty of time to talk about it, uh, but it is about high time. We were joking about it before the show. It's about high time that I get kind of invested in the other sports. It's time to start paying attention to some uh, college basketball, get into the, the spirit of the NBA and the NHL, and, and you know, full speed ahead. <laughs> as it goes on all of that with the Super Bowl concluding the NFL season tomorrow here on WBCK. Reminder, the, the big game does air here on WBCK live. Pre-game starts at 4, kickoff uh, somewhere around 5 p.m., and it will all be here on WBCK, and you can stream it on the app as well, wherever you are. So let's get into the Super Bowl. Uh, Super Bowl actually kicks off at like 6.30, so, you know, it is what it is. Uh, the Chiefs and the 49ers, just as we all predicted, right? Um, you and I have picked against the Chiefs every week of the postseason. We kept saying that their wide receivers were going to let them down. We kept saying that they didn't run the ball as well as other teams. I've always liked their defense this year. Their defense has been pretty fantastic but it didn't seem like it would be enough to get them to where they wanted to be because other teams that they played in the playoffs looked like they were going to be the hotter team. The San Francisco 49ers, uh, not too friendly here up in Michigan, having beaten the Detroit Lions in the NFC Championship. Um, Not without its, uh, I don't want to say controversies because it wasn't necessarily the 49ers controversies, but... It was a heartbreaking fashion for Detroit fans, so they're not likely to be too um, in the corner of the 49ers, and it's bittersweet because the Lions started the season by beating the Kansas City Chiefs. So nonetheless, the 49ers are two-and-a-half-point favorites. They have a 60% chance of victory. So I ask you for the underdog side of it. What do the Chiefs need to do against these superhuman, super-powered San Francisco 49ers 
to come out with a win? Um, be themselves. Like that's that's the thing. You just be yourself. Go out and use all the weapons you have and force the Kansas City defense to play you hard. Like that's the biggest thing is nobody has been able to stop the San Francisco 49ers most of the season. Like there's a few teams that have figured out like the formula, but you truly have to kind of just bank on one of their guys going out and, and them not being full strength. When they're fully healthy offensively, they're unstoppable because they can hit you from literally every angle. So the Chiefs either have to find a way to minimize some of their options or they're going to be in for it. I just say the 49ers have to simply be themselves. I would say kind of in a similar tactic, I would just, if I'm the Chiefs, I'm leaning on the running game. If, if I saw what the Lions did in the first half of that NFC championship game, I'm saying Isaiah Pacheco, you are now playing the role of David Montgomery. Go to town. Uh, run angry, tear up the, the turf there in Las Vegas, and maybe even walk out of here with a Super Bowl MVP because Mahomes just doesn't have the options. Now, I mean, you could look towards Travis Kelsey, who has been absolutely on fire throughout the the postseason um and statistically he does play better when taylor's in the in the the stands um but if i'm the chiefs i'm just leaning heavily on isaiah pacheco and letting my defense put in the work because a big way to i'm not one of those that buys into the whole brock purdy's not a real quarterback thing or whatever brock purdy is is playing a, a, a at a level significantly higher than you could expect of a guy drafted with the final pick in an NFL draft. And he played well enough against the Lions. He played well enough against the Packers to put the 49ers in a position to play in the Super Bowl. But he is one of those quarterbacks throughout the league. And there's one here in Michigan by by the name of Jared Goff, where if you're able to put pressure on him, especially up the middle, you can completely change the course of the game. And the Chiefs have the best interior pass rusher in the NFL today in Chris Jones. So as long as Chris Jones is healthy and he's able to get some penetration up the middle, uh, that would that would be a huge, huge game changer on the side of the Chiefs. What about the 49ers, though? I mean, they did have <clears throat> excuse me, they did start slow in both playoff games. They they fell behind early in both and had to come back and, and prove their mettle despite being the most talented roster up and down and having one of the most, I don't know, uh, praised coaches in all of football and Kyle Shanahan at the helm. How did they get started against the Chiefs who, are, who have been red hot? They've started strong in every game and the 49ers just haven't done that. I just, I don't think it matters as much. Like, it's weird to say because like, the 49ers have been a team where if you watch them most of the year, they started almost every game slow. Like, that's just how they play. <laughs> They're like, whatever. Like, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, they didn't start slow against the Steelers, I'll tell you. <laughs> well, no one cares, okay? It, it was just casual, though. Like, uh, it's so hard to say even that Chris Jones getting penetration up the middle matters. Because... It really, if he starts to get penetration, they're just going to go to the to the short pass game, which is basically like running the ball. And the quicker Purdy gets it out of his hands and into Ayuk, Kittle, Debo's hands, probably the better this offense will be anyway. And then if they're able to mix in the screens and and the long handoffs with CJ uh, with Chris McCaffrey, this offense didn't yeah. change anything, but just how fast they were moving the ball. Like it's so hard to throw their offense off the scale. I think. We're more so in shape to see an old-school shootout. This is going to be a game where the offenses are going to win it. Not that the defenses are bad, but simply the offenses are just that good. And I don't think Kansas City's offense is that good, but they have a guy named Patrick Mahomes. 
Yeah. So I can't act like he's not playing quarterback on the other side and hasn't done things not only this year, but in years past that him and his team shouldn't have been able to do. Well, and his playmakers have stepped up in the postseason, even MVS, who, you know, we've when we've had to talk about the Chiefs, you know, we've been pretty critical of him. And as as everybody else on the planet, he stepped up in the playoffs. Travis Kelsey, as I mentioned, has stepped up in the playoffs. But I, I kind of I somewhat agree with you. And I also don't at the same time, but I will say the the biggest thing for the 49ers is to lean on the Shanahan effect and the fact that Shanahan doesn't ever want to be in another 28-3 situation ever again, um, where he's just got to be able to adjust. And that's what he's done all postseason long. There were times during the season, they you know, this is a team that lost five games. There were times during the season where they failed to adjust and that, you know, people found out the the ways to get to the 49ers and figure out a way to win. But his ability to adjust what they're doing because I think you're absolutely right. If Chris, you know Chris Jones is the big, the biggest factor of the Chiefs' defense, the the Chiefs have a fantastic defense, but Chris Jones is head and shoulders more important than everybody else on that defense. If you can neutralize the effect that he has on the game by doing what you said and going to that short game, which the, the 49ers should have should be better at than anybody with Kittle and McCaffrey and Samuel and Ayuk and everybody else. I don't know. There's, there's, it is a good matchup. You know, it, it is the, the, the Super Bowl that nobody wanted, you know, outside of these fan bases, but it is a solid matchup. And I think it's an even better matchup than we got the last time that these teams met four years ago. Um, so I think it's going to be fun. I think we're going to have a, a a good Super Bowl. I'm not so sure about the shootout part, but we'll get to some of the prop bets in the the pick segments including the over under on this game uh any other thoughts on the super bowl as it uh kind of pertains i mean you've you've been one of those conspiracy guys the 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 logo didn't actually pan out so i mean just any other general thoughts on this game once once a conspiracy is out there if it's disproven you can just say that they decided to disprove it themselves which then means it's still rigged like my thing with this this year is nobody in the nfl outside of chiefs fans think the chiefs should be in the super bowl no nobody and it's not because they aren't good but because they haven't played good all year like if this was college football they wouldn't have been in the playoffs no they (laughs) they squoze by they like squoze by and got in and and then made magic happen which like i'm not discrediting what they did but at the same time all of a sudden the chiefs went from eh, to one of the top teams in the league again because taylor swift has all these women watching football to me that's not a coincidence to me that's the league wants women to watch the Super Bowl, so let's make sure the woman they're watching for is at the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Makes a lot of sense to me. Not saying that's what happened, but there's always a theory to be thrown out there. I'm not super big on it anymore. The NFL is kind of just, it is what it is for me. The Packers <laughs> are in it. I'm cool. If they're not, whatever happens, happens. Don't mind me. I'm just Googling Super uh, Taylor Swift Super Bowl prop bets. I might add one to the, the big segment. I, have you seen the the 13 conspiracy theories going around? I, with it being her favorite number and all the ways that 13 actually like pops up when you do some numbers and whatnot. I don't know. We all got to get our tinfoil hats out for Super Bowl 
58. That's enough on the game until our pick segment. When we come back, we will uh, dive into what's going on with the Pistons and maybe even the Red Wings as well here on on Mitten Madness. 95.3 WBCK. And the Ad Council. Back here on Mitten Madness 95.3 WBCK, Jacob Harrison and Dejan Hughes. Let's get into uh, some Michigan sports. We've got uh, plenty of time until the Super Bowl. So in the meantime, the Detroit Pistons. DJ, they won two straight games. They won a handful of games in the past 30 days. I mean, is is this the, the, the brand new Pistons or are things actually looking up a little bit? Or what's going on? Winning back-to-back games. I thought I didn't think they were allowed to do that this year. I just think some people, some teams are starting to take them for granted rest some of their starters and like that kind of situation it's the second half of the well second half of the year is coming up the all-star break is soon like all of these things are things that tend to happen around this time of year so i'm not surprised and wouldn't be surprised to see the pistons start to grab a couple wins here and there because people are resting and getting prepared for the playoffs but there's been some solid parts like last night they went to or not last night two nights ago yeah two nights ago when you guys are listening to this now they went to do or went to overtime with the trailblazers granted they let up 49 points to former piston jeremy grant but they had five or six players in double figures. If you can continue to get that kind of output and then you start to match those guys up in the right groups, the Pistons could be good. So there were lots of bright spots in what the Pistons have done in the last couple games and pulling out a couple wins. Granted, the competition wasn't great, but it is that time of the year where people are going to start resting their starters and kind of just keeping guys that they pay a lot of money out of harm's way. In games like this where eh, you're probably bound to get a win, like honestly, the Trailblazers probably went into this like how the chances we lose to the Pistons are like 5%. So they like weren't taking it as, as serious. And I understand that other teams are going to do that. Star teams are really going to be like, let's look at Sixers, Bucks, Celtics, like us, Lakers. Like these kind of teams are going to be sitting their stars. Like even with our backups, we'll probably still beat the Pistons. So there's no reason to have our starters or or our, our most expensive players in harm's way when we can just relax. So the Pistons may pick up some wins here and there, but I don't know how I feel about where the team is trending, but they were super busy in the, uh, in the trade deadline. Yeah, before, we get into the moves that they have made there was one thing that I noticed I did just randomly on Twitter actually uh, was that Jaden Ivey and his camp came out saying that they would like a change of scenery um, and you know the, the the comments weren't very you know favorable towards Jaden Ivey because the Pistons aren't very good he did score a career high 37 points in the win over the Kings I mean is is that something before we get into you know the moves that they have made and some potential moves that they could make Jaden Ivey's a pretty big name on this team uh, for for what it is. Is that a move that Pistons should be interested in? Is that something that, you know, the rest of the league is interested in? Is in a Jaden Ivey type? What are your thoughts on that? I think people should just relax and leave it alone. Like, Jaden Ivey's just fine. He literally just dropped 27 points last night, 29, something like that, led the Pistons in that overtime game. He's young. This is only his second or third year in the league. Give him time to progress, and let's stop blaming the players in Detroit. It is not their fault whatsoever. This is a Monty Williams problem, and this has always been a Monty Williams problem, because if you go back to him having one of the best on-paper rosters we've seen to date with the Phoenix Suns in the past couple years, what did he do with them? Led them to one finals appearance that they lost. He's not a good coach and he's ruining the Pistons when they had a chance to progress into being something great. My say is you get rid of Monty, find a quality coach and then you progress this young group in the way that it should be going. But don't be blaming Jay Nivey when he's out here dropping double digits. That kid still averages double digits. So what are we talking about here? Cade still averages double digits and people are talking about trading him. 
because the team won a couple games without him. Y'all are crazy. Y'all are crazy. Just because Cade isn't winning games that aren't his fault doesn't mean the man needs to be traded. He needs to have time. The entire team is young. The oldest dude on the team now, I think, is Mike Muscala, who just got traded there. Let's not act like this team is supposed to be the best team in the league. I even said they were going to be somewhere in the 6 to 10 range, and they couldn't even do that. I overestimated them a little bit. It's okay, but we can't blame the players for something that they have no fault in. So in looking at the, the, the trades that they have made back on Wednesday, had a trade with the Utah Jazz for, I'm going to butcher this, Simone Fettifontaccino, Fontaccio, sorry, in a trade that uh, will cost them a early second round pick in the 2024 NFL uh, NBA draft, excuse me. So they had the, the bigger trade with the New York Knicks acquiring Malachi Flynn, Quentin Grime, uh, Ryan Arcidiasano, I'm sorry, I cannot say that name, Evan Fournier, and draft consideration from the New York Knicks. They traded uh, away uh, Bojan Bogdanovic. Bo- now I can't say his name and now I can't talk. Bogdanovich and Alec Burks. Uh, thoughts on those trades and maybe any others that, that aren't popping up for me here. The activity for the Pistons at the trade deadline. None of it makes sense. <laughs> Just like when they traded with the Wizards. None of the moves that they're making right now makes sense. They didn't really bring in any talent that's going to help right now. Um, and they didn't. And it seems like they're giving away a lot of their draft picks that they probably could use to get some better talent or to at least draft and actually try and build something. But once again, I'm not Troy Weaver. I'm not a GM, so maybe I have no clue what I'm talking about. But I have played a handful of 2K <laughs> and, and ran some some seasons, right? And 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 been able to be a GM and a coach and all, and, the, and I wasn't making these kind of moves. And I won some championships with the Pistons. Granted, it was a little spectacle with some rules that I moved around and uh, things like that. But it's a video game. It is a video game. <laughs> but nonetheless, you learn a lot about the ins and outs of the trade and salary cap and these kind of things. And right now, they're not making smart moves in the trade sphere. And I'm not sure why. My biggest thing is with where you are, the team has nice young guys. They need a solid veteran that's like like a Jimmy Butler. You could go out and trade for Jimmy Butler. You could be in good shape. And you know why you could have traded for Jimmy Butler? Because you have first-round picks that are going to be lottery picks. Because you suck. Take advantage of your draft picks. Don't just trade them away for nothing. I don't know that you can just go get Jimmy Butler. I'm not saying that you can, but you have to go get someone of that caliber. Like someone who's still on the older side but has it and, and wants to win and has that grind. That's what you need these younger guys to come up under. And being in Detroit, there's a lot of nice areas around that these athletes end up staying in. So it's not really hard to get athletes to come to Detroit. You just got to win a few games and show that you're on a train of getting better. The Lions are a perfect example of that. They won a few games, showed they're trying to get better. People don't mind putting on the Honolulu blue now. Yeah, I think there's there's something the the aspect of that that I will agree with is that there's there's got to be somebody out there that is willing to come in and help Kate Cunningham and Jalen Duran. Somebody that has experience winning in the league and somebody that is, you know, preferably already won theirs, right? That's why I don't think you can go get Jimmy Butler. Like he he's in a fine spot down in Miami. Emo Jimmy is the best. But I'm not going to I don't I don't think you're you're way off base there. It's just when it comes down to finding guys that that are in that position, Position and willing to move to Detroit, you know, even, I mean, you're right. Like folks are more willing to come here now because of the lions and, you know, things aren't as bad as they used to be. The city is on the way up, but you are basically saying, okay, I've done all there is to do in the league. Now I'm going to, you know, impart my wisdom on Kate Cunningham, Jalen Duran, and the rest of this roster that can't win 10 games in four months. And that's, that's kind of a hard sell. Even when it is a trade, like, you know, players still have some say so, I guess, uh, and what they're willing to, to put themselves through. 
even when it's the, you know, the front offices making the moves. So I get what you're saying. I just don't know how plausible it is because like I said, this, the, you know, you ain't wrong about 2K. It is a good simulation of it, but it is a video game. It's a lot easier to just go get Jimmy Butler and oh, go yeah. win some, go win some championships because all you have to do is manipulate the numbers in a video game. Yeah. I'm not, Real life don't work that I'm way. I'm not saying it's the same, but, <laughs> but you, you just get the ins and outs and you can kind of start to really evaluate some of the decisions. And it's like, where you're not even doing pick swaps in some of these scenarios. Yeah. You're just giving your picks up. That That's I agree the with. the kind of stuff that I'm looking at. It's like, what are you doing? You're, you're like, too bad of a team to just give away picks for guys that the casual fan has never heard of. Exactly. Like, you're not in the position to be taking guys because you're drafting in the middle of the pack. You're drafting at the top of the pack, dude. Yeah. You're drafting at the top of the pack. So even... Your, your second-round picks are going to be better than a second-round pick from someone else because you're picking at the beginning of the round. So you're still able to grab a guy that could have went late first round. So he probably could still actually be beneficial on the court, yet you're just tossing things away. I, I don't get it. Yeah, and, and they're like depth moves when depth isn't your main concern. You need guys that can help you win. Uh, real quickly, we'll talk about the Detroit Red Wings. They are sitting, again, right on the brink of playoff contention and kind of holding on to that last spot. Uh, three wins in the last five outings. Still kind of hovering around the middle of the Atlantic Division. And tonight, as you're listening, they have, or not tonight, actually just a few hours. Puck drops at 1 o'clock. They've got the, the, the Canucks. Canucks. Sorry, I'm from Alabama. <laughs> Nonetheless, that's probably the biggest test they have had in a long, long time since, you know, maybe the last time they played the Bruins. So kind of a, a big point here. I, they've won some games like they, you know, they beat the Golden Knights. They, they've beaten the Maple Leafs. They've, they've beaten the Lightning. They've, they've beaten some really good teams. Uh, they beat the Panthers <laughs> not too long ago. Beat the Kings. Like they can win these kinds of games, but this one is a little difficult. And coming off a loss to, to Ottawa, they had a loss to Dallas as well. They need some consistency here and to, to pull out, you know, whatever it is that they've pulled out the last few times they've played some of the best teams in the league. Yeah, I mean, that's the good thing about hockey is it's not really like one of those sports that's about like vibe and momentum and everything. It's more just about going out and doing it. Yeah. Hockey is a a effort sport and, and that's another thing that's similar to lacrosse and why I fell in love with lacrosse is you can have, and, and it's wild to pull a sports quote from Cat Williams of all people, <laughs> but he was on Club Shay Shay and he was talking about how another team can be better than you and have all the resources and be all hooked up, but they still got to get out on the line across from you and prove that they're better than you. And a lot of times those things don't matter because that team comes out and works harder than the better team and comes out on top. That's something you see in hockey all the time. The team that comes out and works the hardest is the team that wins. That's just hockey. That's just lacrosse. That's a lot of sports is what team is coming out, ready to ball, works hard. You just got to look across the line and say, I'm going to work harder than you today. And sometimes that talent just barely squeaks ahead and gets a good bounce late in the game and is able to make something happen to where they come out on top, but they respect that team they just beat because they had to earn everything about it. The Red Wings are back in that scenario where people are respecting them as a team and now know they have to come out and earn everything, especially when they're coming to Detroit and playing in Little Caesars Arena. Yeah, I mean, when, when it comes to effort, uh, I just looked in through their schedule real quick. They've only been shut out twice. I mean, they're one of the highest scoring teams in the NHL, too. So, I mean, when it comes to effort, and again, I think it just goes to prove your point more, is they've performed admirably well against the best teams that they have played. Even when, that you know, some of the losses to, to Boston, they still played well enough to, to be competitive. Um, 
Now, again, there are some losses that make you scratch your head a little bit, like some of these to, to Ottawa, who's at the bottom of their division. But nonetheless, I mean, effort's a visual thing. We can all see it. Detroit is a team that, you know, does have to punch above their, their weight class a little bit to get where they want to be. But about halfway through the season, I think they're sitting pretty, pretty, pretty. Uh, we'll come back and we'll talk some uh, college basketball. We've got some interesting stuff going on with the Spartans and Wolverines, and we'll talk about it next here on Mitten Madness 95.3 WBCK. To learn more. Detroit sports fans, Wolverines, and Spartans alike. This is your sports show, Mitten Madness, with Jacob Harrison and Dejon Hughes on 95.3 WBCK. Madness 95.3 WBCK, Jacob Harrison and Dejon Hughes. Let's talk some Michigan and Michigan State basketball. Start with the Spartans. Um, The uh, Spartans had a bewildering loss on the road at Minnesota, and that gives the Golden Gophers a half game advantage over the Spartans in the Big Ten standings, which continue to show that Michigan State is hovering right there in the middle. They're 6-6 six and six in the conference, 14-9 and nine overall. Um, but nonetheless, they're still, you know, tracking. They're in the uh, bracketology uh, predictions to be, uh, as of right now, what I'm looking at. They're the eight seed in the East bracket, uh, which would put them in the same bracket as UConn. Um, you know, the the expectation is that they should be one of the few teams from the Big Ten because Big Ten is projected to only have six teams in at the moment. Uh, one of the teams from the Big Ten to make it into the tourney, but uh, losing a weird one like that to Minnesota. Uh, I know, you know, it's basketball. Anything can happen. But coming off of the wins over Michigan and Maryland, getting to 700 for Tommy Izzo, it's another one of those teams that's just struggling to find um, some consistency. And now later today, they'll play number 10, Illinois. Uh, They are at home, but they have really struggled with ranked teams all year long. Uh, They have the one win over Baylor, and that's pretty much it. And uh, the last time they played Illinois, they lost 71 to 68 on the road. DJ, what's going on? on with the Spartans Uh, I don't think anything's really like going on with them I think they're in a a very good space for where their season has been they started the year tough playing a lot of really good teams and it showed there were some bright spots they had in those games and some spots that didn't look so good they lost a handful of those games but those are good losses you are okay with those kind of losses ranked teams early in the year always come back to boat as good losses because mm-hmm. oftentimes those teams are still ranked at the end of the year and did well in their prospective conference, which helps you out in terms of seeding or resume, whatever the case may be. So Michigan State already has one of the more impressive resumes in the conference. Uh, when you look at it, Purdue is up there. So is Wisconsin. They have a nice one. Uh, but then it's probably Michigan State number three. Maryland's isn't bad, but like Seriously, that's probably your top three in the Big Ten in terms of resume. So Illinois has got a decent resume as well, but Michigan State is in position where if they keep playing the kind of ball they're playing now, they'll either A, get themselves that auto bid by winning the Big Ten tourney, or they'll have a good enough resume to slide in at an 8, a 9, 
seven, something like that, and then try and work their way through the tournament. But I think they're in a very good space where they're starting to play some of their best basketball toward the end of the year, which is when you want to be playing your best basketball anyway. And they just got to keep staying in these close games in the Big Ten and pulling them out. Because Michigan State is one of the best teams in the Big Ten and always has been at winning the close games. If they're able to keep it close, oftentimes the Spartans are on the top of that scoreboard. So that's just their philosophy right now is keep playing Michigan State basketball, keep the games close, and find a way to win. And you should find yourself in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, Minnesota freshman Cam Christie recorded 19 points, shooting five for seven from three, uh, which was a career high for him. And the difference in that game was three points. But looking ahead in their schedule, I, they've got the Illinois game to today. Um, and then they've got Purdue to kick off March. Uh, that one on the road. Those are the only two ranked matchups they have left. They have Penn State, Michigan, Iowa, Ohio State, Northwestern, and Indiana to close out the regular season. Only, other than the two ranked teams, the only teams that are ranked higher are, of course, Northwestern and uh, yeah, excuse me, it's just just Northwestern. Everybody else is uh, below them in the standings. That could have been the case, though, with, with Minnesota. And I think, you know, you mentioned, you know, potentially getting that auto bid with winning the tourney, uh, the, the the Big Ten tourney. Anything can happen in those kinds of things, right? But what you really, really want is to have a higher seed in that tourney so that you can benefit from other chaos. You don't necessarily need to be number one, right? Like, it doesn't, you know, A, you can't be, but B, like, if you could just be number four, you know, if you get that win over Minnesota and Northwestern, now you need some help from Minnesota losing a few. But if you could get up to four, then you can benefit from a lot of chaos that can happen. You know, if somebody is able to slip past Purdue or slip past Illinois or past Wisconsin, that just eases the field and takes some pressure off of you. And then you could potentially get that out of it. I think nonetheless, they're going to be in the tournament. And I think you're right. They are playing better basketball now. Uh, especially than what they were in the season. And just the structure of college basketball is really playing into their favor. Uh, James Madison went on to have uh, a very good season. They're 21-3. and three. Uh, Duke, Arizona, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Northwestern Illinois, Wisconsin being their other losses. Um, yeah, all of those are quality at this point. So frustrating season, yes. You would, you know, they were expected to be better. They were a top five team rank coming in. But nonetheless, I mean, they're making the best of the situation. On the other side of that is the Michigan Wolverines. Um, somehow, Juwan Howard still got a job, still got a job, but also managed to play two full quarters of basketball and beat Wisconsin 72 to 68 on uh, Wednesday night. I guess that was that's bizarro land. They're coming off a five game losing streak, uh, including the loss uh, to Michigan state, including getting pounded by Purdue, including getting pounded by Illinois. Uh, it's been a real rough season for them overall. Uh, yeah. They're, they're three and nine in the conference. Um, but Jawan Howard, I, I don't know. Is it a bad thing that, that Michigan won this game over Wisconsin? Because everybody and their mom is calling for Jawan Howard's head. It's a bad thing for Wisconsin. That's a horrible loss oh, for yeah. Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a pretty good win for Michigan, but it doesn't mean anything. To me, Jawan Howard should be out of here at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Nothing against him. He's a Michigan guy. He came in, did his thing. We looked good under him for a few years, but it's not it anymore. It's just not it. He doesn't have the philosophy. He's not a long-term college coach. It's time to move on. No ill feelings. 
but we're not going to make the NIT this year at this point. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of bad losses on top of a lot of good losses. We just got a lot of losses. <laughs> what you just don't want to have in college basketball is a lot of losses. You want to have some, some good losses? Yeah. It doesn't hurt to have good losses. It benefits you if you won those games, but it doesn't hurt you if you lost against ranked teams, if you lose against your rivals. Those games don't really hurt you. But when you lose to Long Beach State, it hurts you. You can't lose games like that. You got to win games you're supposed to win, and Michigan hasn't been doing that all year, and I think it starts at the top with Jawan Howard. Granted, he's been going through the health injury, the health situation and everything, but move on. And it's not like a... We don't want him here. Move on. It's a we have a certain standard to hold up, and he's not able to do that anymore at the condition he's in. I think a big problem too is the losses come in bunches. Uh, you know, two game losing streak, three game losing streak, five game losing streak, five game losing streak. It's hard to to even garner up any momentum when you're just losing all the time. So you can't even look at, you know, which wins are quality and which wins are and which losses are quality cuz you just you're just losing too damn much. Uh and even now looking at their the the rest of their schedule, they play Nebraska later tonight as you're listening, 6:30 tip off on the road against the Huskers. And Nebraska is a middle of the road team, uh but a team that has beaten. I could have swore I had seen that on the schedule. I guess not. Nonetheless, Nebraska has been one of the more dangerous teams in in the Big 10. Uh then you follow that up with a trip to Illinois, Michigan State, Northwestern, Purdue, Rutgers, Ohio State, Nebraska. It's hard to even visualize another win until you get to that Rutgers, Ohio State back-to-back -back game. And, and even still, if if you were to come to me at that point in the season and say, Jacob, who's winning between Michigan and Rutgers? I'm already in, in the, the feeling that it's Rutgers because the season has been over for so long for Michigan. And that's a big reason why that five-game losing streak prior to this Wisconsin win, you know, already kind of had that feeling going. So to me, it's just weird to win this game against Wisconsin. I think it says, and I think you're right. I think it says more about Wisconsin to to lose that kind of game than it does Michigan because a lot's got to change for Michigan. All right. When we come back, it'll be time for our picks. We'll have some fun with uh, some prop bets in the Super Bowl. We'll also pick some uh, big-time college basketball games uh, and more here on Mitten Madness, including the Super Bowl. We'll pick the Super Bowl, too. That'll be a good idea. Here on Mitten Madness, 95.3 WBCK. 95.3 WBCK. All right, back to close it down here on Mitten Madness, 95.3 WBCK. We've got our picks. DJ, update them. What are we at on the, the standings? It's the last week, and then we'll uh, see who's going to win this thing, who's going to pay for a dinner. Dude, things are getting spicy, man. I, <laughs> I didn't think it would look like this, but after you went 5-1 and one last week and I went a mediocre 3-3, three and three, you're only three games back. You're sitting at 97-49. and 49. I'm at 146. I broke the century mark last week. You have an opportunity to break the century mark this week. I'm sure we'll both end up with over 100 wins, but the losses are what counts. <laughs> so hopefully I stay out of that category. Well, we have uh, we've got a lot to choose from. We are going to do what is it? Four games total, and then we also have four props for the Super Bowl to also pick. Uh, so plenty of opportunities, plenty of things for us to be completely different on. When we get to some of the props, it'll you know you'll kind of understand that it's not a situation where we, some of those we can both lose by both just being wrong. So uh, we'll have some fun with it, DJ. You'll uh, you'll be the one to actually start us off here this time 
time, right? Yeah, and, and we're going to jump onto the hardwood first before we get into the important part of the weekend. Uh, I'll start this one with a non-traditional, what might end up being a rivalry game at some point, uh, Kentucky and Gonzaga. They're going to be stepping out against each other out on the hardwood. Kentucky is favored to win this game, but the reason I picked this is Gonzaga's unranked, Kentucky's 17th in the country, but they are oddly similar. Gonzaga's averaging a little over 84 points a game, Kentucky a little over 89. They're both only giving up about 77 points a game. They, their uh, leading scorers are only like three points apart. Their rebounders only like ha- are the exact same rebounds per game. And then their assist guys are only like half an assist off from each other. These are two teams that are playing very similar basketball to each other. One is just ranked and one isn't because one's had a tougher season. Who do you got coming out on top? I'm, I'm, uh, someone's going to accuse me of SEC bias here. Uh, I'm going to stick with Kentucky. I know they got, you know, they, they got pounded by, by Tennessee and, you know, I got that game right, but it's, uh, they, they came back with a vengeance against Vandy, beating Vandy 109 to 77. I don't know how many people would believe me. Vanderbilt's not a bad basketball school. Everybody knows them for their academics and baseball. They're pretty okay at basketball. Usually this is a very down year for them, but to smack them like that after the loss to Tennessee, I think that says a lot about who Kentucky believes they are and they believe that they're better than what they are. Gonzaga, it's a little bit of a down year for them. So on the road against a Kentucky team that is kind of playing a little pissed off, I'm going to take the Wildcats. Uh, I will agree with you. I'll take the Wildcats as well, but I think it's mainly based upon the fact that they did lose to Tennessee and then they did come out and absolutely thrash Vanderbilt. I think that Tennessee loss kind of reset their brains. Like, hey, we are still playing the SEC. We do have tough games. The tournament's going to be tough. Let's turn it on. I think one of the games they reset themselves with is Gonzaga. They turn it on against a team that will most likely be in the tournament. I've got a fun one in women's basketball. Probably the the two best teams of the last two decades. Probably even longer than that when you consider one of them. South Carolina is going to host UConn. Women's basketball. This is Sunday afternoon at 2 p.m. South Carolina is undefeated. UConn is number 11. They're 20 and 4, but they are undefeated in their conference. This is still just such a massive game and one of those games that puts a lot of eyes on women's basketball. Two of the best teams, you know, two teams that can likely win the whole whole thing. Uh, so who wins, DJ? Uh, I got South Carolina in this one. As much as I would love to pick UConn and Gino Oriyama, and I'm when it comes to women's basketball outside of Michigan, there's not a team I like more than UConn. But what Dawn Staley and the Gamecocks have been doing for years now is unprecedented. It's different. It's something. Well, I shouldn't say unprecedented. It's just different and something we haven't seen since Gino Oriyama's Oriyama's run in the 2000s. We're seeing that again with Dawn Staley. I wouldn't have picked against Gino way back then when they were crushing everybody. So I'm not gonna do it to Dawn. I got Cox and South Carolina taking care of business. There's um, it's so hard because South Carolina plays in the SEC, and, and again, somebody's gonna throw SEC bias at me again, but. But like to be undefeated in the SEC is not easy, no matter what sport you are. And for what it's worth, the Big East Conference ain't what it used to be. Either. You know, for UConn, you know they're they're just destroying everybody that they play. I want to take UConn, but at the same time, my I feel like I should risk other games to try to get back ahead. But you never miss an opportunity to say go Cox on the radio. So give me South Carolina. Staying on the hardwood for the last game before we switch things over to the gridiron and props and Super Bowl and all that good stuff. Baylor and Kansas gonna take off. Baylor's looks good. They did happen to beat Ohio or Iowa State last week, and they are continuing to try and push to take over that number one seed in the Big 12, but they do have the Kansas Jayhawks in front of them, who have been good this year and are still ranked four in the country and have one of the best players in, in the country in Hunter Dickinson. Can Baylor continue doing what they've been doing, or are the Jayhawks going to carry the Bears away? This one's a little conflicting for me, too. Conventional wisdom would say to, to stick with Kansas, but especially after they got us on that Houston game, it sure seemed like that was a game you know, kind of set up for Houston to win and at the same time coming off a loss to Kansas State
State. I wouldn't expect Kansas to drop two games in a row, even to Baylor. I think I'm going to stick with Baylor Bears. Just have more confidence in, in them to, to win bigger games. And very similar to Houston, they're, they're, just, they're one of those teams that is more, I don't know, they, they don't have to rest on the history of their program to be great. They're they're one of the greats right now. And I think that plays a factor. Kansas, I'm saying they're resting on their laurels, but their their namesake carries a lot of their weight. And I, I just appreciate what Baylor does a bit more in that conference. So give me the Baylor Bears. All right, first split game of the week. Run it up. I got Kansas. <laughs> Bill Self is, is Bill Self. He's good at this. What yeah. he does is win big games. Yeah. We, we doubted him against Houston, who's been good this year, and he showed us we shouldn't have. I'm not going to do it twice in a row. Bill Self said this is another big game. We're trying to win the Big 12 in a national championship. Mark us down for a dub. Like Jameis, they eating those. Okay. <laughs> did you see his interview? I did. I did. <laughs> he came to the conclusion just because his last name spells wins. That's 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 where I got all that from. Oh, I and love Jameis Winston so much. soup and all of it. Give it to me. <sighs> I, I love Jameis. There's a slight part of me that wants Jameis to come to Pittsburgh, man. I love Jameis Winston. Uh, let's get to uh, some props. Let's do it. So we're going to start with the Taylor Swift prop in Super Bowl 58. There, there's, there's a whole list of them. You, you didn't have a drinking game. You can do whatever you want. But the one that we're going to pick is because it is the most talked about aspect when it comes to Taylor Swift. Will Taylor Swift be shown on camera during the game at least six times? Wow. Uh, this one's so hard. <laughs> um, and, and it's hard because, let's say this, right? The Chiefs win big. There's going to be two, three big Travis Kelsey plays. Boom. They showed her three times already. Maybe four, right? I guess I guess four at that point because you can count the anthem. They're going to show her during the anthem. Yep. I, I guarantee you that. I don't know if she'll be singing or not. They'll show her. So you got four already. Well, does during the game mean after kickoff? I think it means just during the, the stream okay. in general, right? So now you, you got four already. And then at the end of the game, if they're winning, they're going to be flopping back and forth between families and stuff. So She's let's say get, let's say I, I the first it. time that that Phil and Tony introduce the game, you know, that that five minute segment that they do before they run out on the tunnels, that's when we'll start the clock on this. So that's before the anthem. So that's yeah. before the anthem, before mm-hmm. the coin flip and all that. There's definitely going to be at least one shot there. I, I say, yeah, I say she does more than six. I agree. I, I think that one is I think that's actually a very low number for an over under on it, to be honest, whether uh, they show her every time that Kelsey makes a big play, but they also show show her if he's not performing. But here's the thing. He's been performing very, very well when she's in attendance and in these playoffs. Let's quickly get to the next one. Uh, Let's get to halftime. The first song that Usher will play during halftime. Yeah, featuring Lil Jon. Uh, <laughs> Come on. Like, th- this almost is guaranteed, right? Well, actually, the odds, according to BetMGM, My Way is actually the... That's not a bad one either. The, the betting favorite. So let me get, give you the odds. My Way, minus 120. OMG, plus 175. Yeah is at plus 700. Loving This Club at plus 700. And DJ Got Us Fallen In Love at plus 1100. I can keep going if you want, but everything else is plus 25. Yeah, that's, that's pretty <laughs> solid. Who you got? What you, what you I was going to go with yeah because I didn't think you would. Are you matching or are you going to go something different? I mean, OMG's a good one. So is my way. Like, loving this club. Those top five are bangers. <laughs> well, bangers. The funny thing is, is that the betting. <laughs> that is hilarious. I'm sure you appreciate that. No, I need I need some wins. I can't keep taking everything that you're going to say. I was going to go with yeah, but if that's the case, I'm going to go with OMG. The guest. Obviously, I ever since it's been the, the case for, for many, many years now, uh, whoever is the headliner, they often 
have a guest. Alicia Keys is the betting favorite at minus 550. Uh, Jay-Z is next. Then Post Malone, who is going to be there to sing America the Beautiful. Then Ludacris and Little John, obviously you mentioned, yeah. Uh, Will I Am at plus 158. Nicki Minaj at plus 270. You know, and she's got a little beef with Megan Thee Stallion right now, so she's a little bit in the limelight. Could make some sense. Uh, I'm going to be really crazy on this one, and I'm going to go with something you didn't mention. I'm going to say none. I think he goes solo like Rihanna did a couple years ago and just rocks out by himself. Wow. I'm going to disagree because that was an anomaly. And Rihanna also, you know, she announced her pregnancy basically through her halftime show. And I mean, she was a dominating presence. It was female aspect of it too. Can't can't overlook that. I'm going to say Ludacris and Lil John will be there to perform me out with them. And that brings us to the over under at 47 and a half. I think I already know your answer because you said this was going to be a shootout. Yeah, I'm going over. I think I think that both these teams put up 20 some points easy. Um, and one of them is going to be close to 30, if not over 30. We're already there. I think this is going to be the biggest risk that I take. I think you're dead wrong. I think both of these defenses are way too good. 49ers have a pretty good offense. Chiefs have performed very, very well, but I still see this being more like a 20 to 17 kind of game, and that's under. So I'm going to take the under. And that takes us right up to the game. I'm not going to talk too much about this because it's been laid out for us all season. Neither one of us really has a stake in this anyway. We both don't really want either team to win, but we kind of have to have one. So that's where I'm going to leave it. One of these teams has to win. Who do you think takes home the Lombardi Trophy in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium? Well, I think it's funny because if you're right about conspiracy theories, I mean, the Chiefs have to win, right? Uh, but I I don't buy into those. And I think that the, the 49ers are the better team. I, I don't want to see them tie my Steelers and the Patriots for the most Super Bowl championships, but I think they're going to. I think they're the better team. I don't think they have the better quarterback, and I don't think they have the better coach, but I think they have the better team. And that goes against everything that I usually believe in in picking these kinds of games because the Chiefs obviously have the better quarterback, a better coach, but the better team, I mean, pound for pound, no matter where you look except the quarterback position, 49ers are just so much better. I think they got this one. Well, I'm going to agree with you, but not for the same reason. I think the 49ers are taking this one home. That is for my personal reason of I don't like seeing the same champions over and over. Like, sure, you're good. You're that good. But like, realistically, we want to see different people win. Parody is what brings fans into the league and keeps the sport relevant and exciting. So yeah, I want to see the 49ers win because the Chiefs have won too often in the recent history. If they, you call me a hater, if you want, that's fine. So that leaves us both 49ers, both Kentucky, both South Carolina, both saying yes to Taylor Swift over six times in the stream. I say yeah for first song. You say OMG. I've got over. You've got under. I've got no guests. You've got Luda and Little John. And I have Kansas. You have Bay. Last week, man. But there's enough for me to come back. There's just enough, enough discrepancy for me to come back. Just enough. It, uh, my one gamble is taking none. No guests. But yeah. I will say the only reason I'm doing that is because I read that Usher said his halftime show was inspired by Michael Jackson. That's the only thing giving me that, That's little, understandable. that little bump. That's understandable. So we'll see what happens. Get us on out of here. Yeah. Uh, first of all, um, when it comes to us picking against the Chiefs, we are now four for four. Let's <laughs> consider both of us picked against them again. Just saying we we both picked against the Chiefs every step of the way. So blame us if they win it all and you didn't want them to do that, I guess. Uh, we'll have a lot of fun. We'll watch Super Bowl. Tomorrow you can enjoy the Super Bowl live on WBCK starting with the pregame show at four o'clock and it'll stream all the way through and uh, will also be available on the app. So we'll see you again next week and we'll know who's the, the victor in our picks throughout the NFL season and so on and uh, we'll announce I guess what we're going to do for, for the winner and for the loser on that and then we'll start again and I'll start paying a little bit closer attention to basketball and hockey. It's going to be fun here on uh, Mitten Madness 95.3 WBCK. Join Jacob Harrison and Dejon Hughes every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. for Mitten Madness on 95.3 WBCK.
Kincaid. Miss the show or want to play it back? Stream Mitten Madness live or on demand on the 95.3 WBCK app.